the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Only two verses in the Bible speak of the Christian being led by the Spirit of God. They are full of truth and need to be carefully considered. We'll do that next, here on Abounding Grace. Join us. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the Bible is our textbook. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. So just exactly what does this verse mean? How do I know if I'm being led by the Spirit? From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, Pastor Gary Wagner answers these questions that you might have here on the broadcast today. Here's Pastor Gary now with this edition of Abounding Grace. Only two verses in the Bible speak of the Christian as being led by the Spirit of God. And those two verses are short verses at that, but they are rich in truth and deserve to be carefully considered. And that's why we are now spending two Sundays on these verses. This leading of the Holy Spirit is profound and unique. It is profound because it defines the work of God in the life of the Christian. It is unique in that not all human beings have experienced it. Only Christians have. And God leads people in a variety of ways. In Galatians 24, we read about Abraham sending out his servant to find a wife for his son. And the testimony of the servant as he found the exact woman that God would have for Isaac was that God led him to that place and to that particular person. And in verse 7 of that chapter, it tells us that God led him by means of an angel. And in the Old Testament, as most of you know, the angel of the Lord was Christ in a pre-incarnate appearance. So in the Old Testament... There were times in which God led his people to where he wanted them by angels. Another time, God led the children of Israel through the wilderness to the promised land, miraculously, by a big pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. Isaiah 63, 11 through 14, talks about God leading his people miraculously by that cloud. In the days of the apostles, God led them and others by means of revelatory visions, miraculous visions, wherein God spoke directly to those people. Do you remember in Acts 10, God led Peter the apostle to Cornelius to preach the gospel to him by means of speaking to him in a vision? Do you remember why Paul took his missionary campaign into Europe? It was because in a dream, God spoke to him, revealing himself to him. A man came to Paul in this revelatory vision and said, come over into Macedonia 
and give us a hand. Throughout the Old Testament, there were all kinds of miraculous, extraordinary, supernatural ways by which God led his people to goals that he had assigned for them. But since the completion of the Bible in the first century, some 20 centuries ago, those former and miraculous supernatural ways by which God led his people have ceased, as we are taught by several passages in the Bible. For instance, I would remind you of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 10, that say this, Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect, or literally the complete thing comes, the partial will be done away. In other words, through all these miraculous means in the Old Testament times, God revealed his will to man, but he did it in a partial and piecemeal fashion. Paul says now, present tense, we know the will of God revealed to us partially, but there is coming a day when the revelation of God will be complete and we will have in hand everything we need to know in order to be saved to live for God's glory, to believe in Him, and to live the kind of life God would have us live. And the completeness, our completion of that revelation is to be found in the 66 books of the Bible. So as 1 Corinthians 13 says, when the completed revelation comes, all those miraculous, those partial and piecemeal ways by which God got His will to man will cease. And he'll no longer lead his people by miraculous means, such as revelatory dreams and visions and various other kinds of miracles. However, in Hebrews 1, verse 1 and following says this, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son. That tells us that the way God formally revealed himself to man reached a climax in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he reveals himself to us in the Lord Jesus Christ as he was revealed in the word. And these various passages are explained in our own beloved Westminster Confession of Faith, which says... Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in diverse manners to reveal himself and to declare his will to his church, and afterwards for the better preserving and propagating of the truth and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan and the world to commit the same holy unto writing which makes the Holy Scripture to be most necessary, those former ways of God's revealing His will unto His people being now ceased, end quote. Now, it's important for us to emphasize this again. We are talking about the leading of God, how God leads us to do His will in our lives. We can't be mistaken on this at all. We must be clear about the fact that God led his people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in miraculous ways that are no longer operative in the life of the church 
and the child of God since the completion of God's word. So now everything you will ever need to know, everything any believer will ever need to know, even if the world exists for 50,000 more years, Everything you need to know to glorify God, to be saved, to live for Him, to be thoroughly equipped under every good work you have in this completed revelation. Don't listen for voices. Don't look for prophets. Because to do so is to say that God's word is not all I need to be thoroughly equipped under every good work. God led people in the Old Testament. And he also leads all human beings today toward the goal that he has for us by his providence. God leads Christians within by His Spirit, but He leads Christians and all human beings according to that plan that He worked out from all eternity by His providential daily dealings with us, by governing this universe, by providing for this universe, and by causing all things to reach the goals He has for us. We just read that in Hebrews 1.3. In that verse, we are told that the Son of God literally in Greek upholds all things and moves all things along toward their appointed goal by the word of His power. So you see, there is a sense in which every human being alive today is being led by God's providence toward those goals and purposes God has assigned to them in his eternal decree before the beginning of time. But the leading of the Holy Spirit is something very different than all of those ways which God led his people miraculously in the Old Testament and by which he leads every human by his providence today. The leading of the Spirit, about which only two verses in the Bible speak, is an experience that is known only to true believers in Jesus Christ. So then let us review what we learned last week from Galatians 5.18 and Romans 8.14. Let's look at those verses again, and please keep these in your mind as we go through this study today. In Galatians 5.18, it says, You are led by the Spirit, and you are not under the law. Romans 8.14, All who are being led by the Spirit, these, and the emphasis is these and only these, are the sons of God. Now, let me very quickly, for the sake of you who weren't here last week and those of you who may have forgot, review the points that I made from these two verses. First of all, the leading of the Holy Spirit is common to all believers without exception and only believers. The leading of the Spirit is in something only super spiritual people experience at extraordinary moments in their lives. These verbs are in the present tense in both verses. If you are being led by the Spirit of God, you, and he is addressing Christians, are not under the law. All who are being led, present tense, by the Spirit of God, these and these only are the sons of God. So you see, it is the sons of God, 
It is believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, all of them and only them all the time who are being led by the Holy Spirit. So the leading of the Holy Spirit is something every, every Christian experiences. Secondly, the leading of the Spirit does not replace God's law or make it unnecessary as the standard for our thinking and living. That's how some people today have interpreted Galatians 5.18. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Because they take the phrase, not under the law, out of the context of the way Paul uses it in the book of Galatians. Not one time anywhere in the New Testament does Paul say we are not under the law as a guide for our Christian living. We looked at all kinds of verses last week in the New Testament to see that Paul never ridicules and never criticizes. He never says anything against the law as a standard of right and wrong by which a Christian will live to glorify God. But he does time and again say negative things about the place of the law in being justified and having your sins forgiven and being accepted with God. There's no place for it there because all the law of God can do is condemn you. The law of God condemns you to do what is, commands you to do what is right, and he condemns you if you do wrong. But it does not have the power to make you obey it and to do right. And therefore, as long as you are an unbeliever, as long as you are someone who was not saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are still under the law as something that curses you and something that condemns you and something that aggravates your sin because you hate God. And when God says, do this, you say no. So it's not that if you are led by the Spirit, you don't need the law of God anymore. It is, if you are led by the Spirit of Christ, it is proof that you are no longer under the law's curse and condemnation. The great proof that you are rightly related to God and no longer under, God, under the law's curse, trying to make points with God by obeying that law, is that the Holy Spirit of God is within your heart and your life leading you. And that's true of all Christians. The third thing I said last week is that the leading of the Spirit isn't sporadic, but constant and continuous every second of the day, all of your life. That is the point of the present tense, continuous action here. You are continually, constantly being led by the Holy Spirit. It's not something you experience every spring and every fall when your church may have a revival and, you know, you come forward. It's not something you experience when you feel particularly close to God. The leading of the Spirit is something that is constant. It never stops. Whether you are awake or you are asleep, every second of your life as a Christian, the moment you are born again until the very day you die, you are led by the Spirit of God. Then last week, I talked about the goal and the purpose of the leading of the Spirit, which is to enable believers to conquer sin in their lives and to live holy lives. 
Both of those verses that speak of the leading of the Spirit are in contexts that are concerned with the Christian struggle to keep from sinning so much and to obey God better than he does. And in both instances, we learn, therefore, that the reason the Christian is being led by the Spirit is not so he can escape the difficulties and dangers and the cares and the sufferings and the hard decisions of life, but so that he can conquer sin in some measure in his life and do better at living for God and being the kind of person God would have you be. In other words, the phrase, the leading of the Spirit, is nothing other than a synonym for the entire process of sanctification. Remember, that's a biblical word, and we must know what biblical words mean. Sanctification is a process that God begins in you the moment you become a Christian and continues until you die, in which His Holy Spirit from within enables you to die more and more unto sin and to live more and more unto righteousness. And the longer you live and mature, more and more as a Christian, you will become more and more Christ-like in your behavior and your attitudes and relationships with other people. So the leading of the Spirit is simply a synonymous phrase for that process of sanctification. One other thing we saw last week is that in the leading of the Holy Spirit, in, in, the, in leading us, The Holy Spirit works in us through the Word of God. In Jesus' prayer in John 17, 17, he said, Lord, sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the sanctifying. The Holy Spirit is the one who has this influence on us from within, molding us more and more into the people God would have us be. And the instrument by which the Holy Spirit molds us into Christ's image and sanctifies us is none other than God's word of truth, Scripture. And the Holy Spirit within uses the word to convince us and to persuade us of its divine authority. He enlightens our minds so that as we study it diligently, we acquire an accurate understanding of what the Bible teaches. And as we continue to study it and believe it and apply it to our lives, the Holy Spirit gives us a greater appreciation for revealed truth and creates within us the very mind of Christ himself. So as one has said, The Bible is our textbook, and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Therefore, you and I as Christians should continually pray as David in Psalm 25. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of salvation. For you I wait all the day. Now, there is a sixth thing I would like you to notice about the leading of the Spirit, and that is, once the Holy Spirit begins his leading of a person, his presence and leading in that person is never withdrawn. Once the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life, it is impossible to be lost. 
but it means more than that. Once the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when God makes a Christian out of you, he never leaves. He begins leading you from within, and that leading never stops, and his presence within you is never, ever withdrawn. Look at some passages with me that bear that out. Please look at what Jesus said in John 14, 16, and 17. John 14, 16, and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him, because he abides continually and constantly with you and will be in you. So here Jesus says that once he gives the Holy Spirit to his people, the Holy Spirit will live in his people forever. Turn to Romans 8, verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11. Paul said, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who indwells you. He says, if the one who raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Spirit lives in you, then he will remain in you, and he is the one who will someday raise you from your graves. Do you see the point? Once the Holy Spirit comes in you, he will never leave you. His leading presence is never withdrawn, and someday he will raise you from the dead and take you into the very presence of Of God. So if the Holy Spirit is in your heart now, someday He will raise you from the dead. You'll go to heaven and you'll be with Christ throughout all eternity. And it is because of that that Paul said what he did in Ephesians 1 13 and 14. In Him, Christ, You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance to the praise of his glory. Now notice, when you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you believed the gospel of salvation, The Holy Spirit came into you, and when he came into your life, he sealed you and came into your life as a pledge from God with reference to your eternal inheritance. In other words, the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit within us as Christians seals us and is a pledge from God of our eternal salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, what does it mean to say the Holy Spirit seals us? Well, we don't use seals today in our ordinary lives as much as they did in the Old Testament and New Testament, but it is used in many legal and political situations. But a seal has two purposes. First of all, it was to secure property from theft. You put your seal on a deed, and then everyone knows whose property it is. The document belongs to the one whose name is on the seal. Secondly, the word seal in ancient days referred to the imprint of the owner's image on that property that belonged to him. So he rendered his property secure by sealing it with an imprint of his own profile, 
and everyone knew to whom that property belonged. So the Holy Spirit is said to seal us in that he gives us assurance. He attests to us that we are truly God's beloved property. We belong to God and no one in time or eternity can ever snatch us out of his hand. And as the Holy Spirit seals us and assures us that we are God's property forever, he imprints the image and the likeness of himself in our character. And he makes us like the one to whom we belong. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.